Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Two Dabs Podcast. I am your co-host Michael Booth, and with me as always is my other co-host, Mr. Michael Towie. How are you doing, man? Dude, I'm good, man. Great to be here with you. <laughs> Dude, tomorrow is the Super Bowl. We are... Uh, bowling. Bowling. Uh, we're just going to watch Tom Brady win a seventh ring. It's not going to be You think exciting. he does it for sure? No problem? I don't know. I mean... Every time I've been like, man, Tom Brady's going to lose, you know, and you start to hope that he loses. There's like, even a few years ago when he, they played Atlanta, you're like, ah, oh, Tom Brady's going to, he's getting his ass kicked at halftime. You're like, this is awesome. And then they came back and won. And so you just, I mean, there's no, in my mind, there's no, uh, there's nothing you can do to stop it unless you're the people on the opposing team. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean he is a champion. I'm just here That's to watch. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really interesting yeah. to see. I think, um, I mean, I don't know anything about football, so um, you know, what I'm about to say has really no merit or basis in reality. Um, <laughs> but I think it's going to be an interesting game. <laughs> the only reason why I yeah. think that is because it's, you have like the, a juxtaposition of it's like old versus new, you know, change of guard mm-hmm. officially. He like has yeah. to win, otherwise it's like hang it up you know it's like mm-hmm. hang it the fuck up dude you've been playing forever yeah, it's like when peyton it's like when peyton lost to the seahawks in the super bowl uh oh and when he was at denver like, and what, they got four or five years fucked ago up and they yeah. just got smacked yeah that was <laughs> i saw a really ridiculous <laughs> he just, i think he was done after that i saw a ridiculous ranking that was um that ranked from one to ten best to worst the best the, the 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 Super Bowls of the last ten years, and it said that the mm-hmm. the thirteen Seahawks were the number one team in victory in the last ten years, and I was like, like in just dominance. I guess so. That was like the whole Legion Legion of Boom year and stuff like that, and I was yeah. like, oh, this was clearly made by a Seahawks fan. <laughs> 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 they are true though. I mean, the start of that game was just. It was so dominant, and they kept that lead. That's the only time they've ever. I think won it, a as game. a Seahawks fan, uh, that they've actually kept the lead all the way through and didn't slip up there towards the end, like always. So I think uh, it's true. Seattle fans were. It was that bad snap, that dude. Safety off of the first snap, <laughs> and there's just that f- that famous meme of uh, Peyton like. Fl- <laughs> <laughs> the ball's just like over. Yeah, yeah he's, like, he's, like, ah. he's like looking over here, and the ball's like coming out the opposite direction. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It's like he saw uh, someone that he like hadn't seen in twenty years in the stands. <laughs> it's like, what? Like is yeah, like Chloe? A, like is that the girl you? That got away? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the girl that got away is just like. But she's smiling. And but waving, she was on the Seahawks like, sideline. With like some like fucking second string, he's like, "I'll win he's her like, back." What? Yeah, Chloe's with that fucking he's guy. Like, Now's my chance. Yeah, that's the only play she watches of the game. She like finally gives him the attention, and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> dude, it's four twenty, man." Dude, torch up, dude. Let me see you. Do we let's blaze it? Let's, 420 uh, blaze of this might be the first 420 that we've caught on the live recording. You know, if we were fuck, if we were fucking smart, we would have thought about this as something that we might be doing more often. 
It's like a 420. Yeah, might need to do it more. Yeah, 420 dab. It'd make a lot of sense to actually do on our show. Yeah. We're sorry we've let everyone down and we haven't thought of this sooner. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, it's we'll really better. only relevant. It's interesting to think about, like, you know, it really just goes to show how relative time is when we're going to be celebrating 420 on a pre-recorded podcast in which then anybody can listen to at any point in time in the day. Yeah. So it really, it's like, like we, you could celebrate 420 it's like we're, at any time you're listening to the podcast. That's what I'm saying. It's like we're creating an experience for well, I wouldn't go that the listeners far. to always... To always that uh, far. I think we're talking about a paradox here. I don't think you and I are creating anything, you know. <laughs> we are not the what are you we are not the creators of 420 good times no what are you smoking on today dude what are you dude, doing i'm doing a mix and match because i'm down to like three oh. three jars three different jars of hash right now it's i don't even know what's oh, going shit. in this i have no idea what's going in this this is a full this is just a hash dab yeah this, this is, is just, just campbell's a full. fucking this is a chunky noodle soup right now <laughs> campbell's ch- <laughs> It's like if they had a question mark yeah, dr- it's a uh, can. Luck right now. <laughs> like, what knows? kind of soup is this? Yeah. GMO lambs motor fucking. <laughs> oh man. Well, I got some. I got some cosmic cookies from our uh, old pals at Raw Garden. Um, had to. Had to get some. I saw uh, they restocked the flavors over the dispensary, so Ooh. I was. I wanted to try this. Ooh, that potluck. Ooh, that potluck came in spicy. Ooh. Ooh. (coughs) 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 Yeah, man, those cosmic cookies. That sounds like another fucking... Raw Garden. Man, Raw Garden used to slap so hard. Remember the forum cookies they had? That one year, that... Oh man, and I kept that jar. I kept that jar with like two dabs of forum cookies in it for Dude, like the Bisty. Oh, the Bisty Belandi was another one. Honestly, the Bisty Belandi yeah. was good, but it was really more fun to say. That uh I think it was that jackpot times purple punch F two or yeah, something. Yeah, dude, that, that was wild. Of. That was wild. If anybody's from fucking Raw Garden ever listens to this, you gotta bring back those forum cookies. I don't know where you found that, but you could literally, if Raw Garden was on their shit, they would understand that you could differentiate price based off of having better true strain flavors. But I think the problem is, is that they have become so synonymous and well known with like literally having just such a uh, yeah, just deck. having fifteen flavors all at the same price point. They just can't do that anymore. They just can't. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they do have like the diamond line and stuff, but but those are all mixes too. It's all. I think the resin is there's like resin sauce and diamonds. I think is I don't know three. what what they they like literally only grow like jack and fruit terps. Yeah. Yeah, if anything named orange is most likely. Orange or berry resembling any like blueberry cut or any like. I just orange imagine. flame, orange drink. <laughs> yeah. It's just. Yeah. Cosmic oranges, cosmic cookies, Pacific Mar- passion. Margarita. 
Yeah, exactly. Be like, wait, is this what it tastes like tequila? Oh, man. Well, I hope everyone no, blazed with us. That was fantastic. Yeah. My potluck uh, was, was great. Yeah, you uh, you were dabbing on some uh, some hash, which we will be discussing later on today. Yeah, we actually have the second part. Very exciting. Yeah, the second part of our mini uh, extract mini series today. We'll be talking about solventless extracts. I uh, but before we get to that, I have some current events, some rapid fire news for you, sir. Hell yeah, hit me with it, dude. I love um, I love rapid fire news with you. <laughs> I think that's like kind of becoming a theme now. Oh, is yeah. I just have a whirlwind of current events that I'm gonna throw. You catch at me up on like the like what's going on in the world. I really do. I live, yeah. in, I live kind, of, <laughs> kind of live in a shell. You know. But what I'm catching you up on is really not. None of this is really. This is important news, stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh, so first off, I want to start by talking about something that happened. Um, I believe it was uh, this past week. Uh, <coughs> sorry. Uh, so there was some fans sitting courtside at Monday's game, uh, NBA game between the Lakers and the Hawks. I think it was in Atlanta. Okay. Or maybe I think it was in Atlanta. I'm not quite sure. I think it was. Yes. Um. So there's uh yeah the Lakers are playing the Hawks. It's in the fourth quarter, and there's a couple sitting courtside. Um, and I think the way this happened was the husband was kind of yelling some shit at LeBron, which courtside fans probably do that a good amount, I imagine. I've never si- – I think we sat the close, the closest courtside I know is sitting at the Sharks game with you, and you were yelling at uh, <laughs> Dude, <we> were... <laughs> at one of the players to buy his jersey off his back. You were at, I was telling him how much. You are like, that. how much could I buy? <laughs> I was close enough right to now. buy it. Right now, like $300. It. <laughs> I would have done it, dude. It was so it was so funny. That was so lit. Uh, yeah, but so they're sitting courtside shouting some stuff, and I guess um, I guess LeBron's kind of had enough of it, and tells this dude, basically tells this Wait, dude. So to they're shut talking. The fuck up. This, so the guy. So the, yeah, because I kind of saw some shit about this. So there's a girl and a guy. Yeah. And it was the dude talking shit to LeBron, like because of gameplay. Or I think so. Like then, he's probably he's upset. You know he's courtside at the Hawks game, and, and they're the getting Hawks beat getting by, the by the Lakers. And it's LeBron James, and, and he's like, racist, he's probably so just like probably just calling him like some crazy <laughs> shit, just some crazy shit. Like, like imagine this guy. This guy looks like he's probably saying, "I'm not gonna say he's yeah," but he looks like he's saying some stuff. hundred percent, you know. Nice. Um, and LeBron James so yeah, is a literal. LeBron's like, yeah. So LeBron's like. Dude, shut up. And then his wife, this is the part that, like, is the whole, like, highlight of the story, really, is that his wife gets up, starts yelling at LeBron, and then he yells at her, too. And they get kicked out of the game. Wait, 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 wait. So the girl gets up, starts yelling at LeBron because LeBron is yelling at the, the husband. And then the husband yeah. starts yelling. She says, just got kicked out of the game for talking shit to LeBron James for talking shit to my husband. Jesus Christ. This is fucking bullshit. And then she says, let me tell you, LeBron James looked at my husband during the game and cussed him out. And I stood up and I go, don't fucking talk to my husband. Talk to my husband one more time. I'll fuck you up. <laughs> yes. Wow. And then he started fighting with me. He goes, shut your mouth, you dumb bitch. <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. 
And she gets kicked out of the game, and she's just like yelling on the camera, and she like goes on Instagram and Twitter, and yo. But I mean, the funny part is like if you like, if your husband's yelling at LeBron James, and LeBron James tells your husband to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I just can't. I'll never. Your husband's gotta shut the fuck up. I think. <laughs> like, I don't know, dude. I couldn't imagine. I just couldn't imagine just like, like. Imagine being in such a privileged state where you are so upset while you're sitting courtside that you feel the need to start verbally accosting one of the greatest athletes to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. And then proceed to take it so far that you then get yourself kicked out of the game because who's going to win this yeah. battle? Who's going to win? You or the super athlete who's playing the game? Who's also a gajillionaire? Like, Yeah. Who everybody else is there to watch. Yeah. And everybody else wants you to shut up and, and sit you down. You just look like an everybody angry else white does. guy. Yeah. And he's also, and I think yeah. I remember seeing a picture of this dude. He looks like, like they're from Miami, right? So he's, he's like classic, like popped collar and and he you know like those shirts that like <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what i'm about to say you know those shirts that roll up and they've got all the extra designs on the the cuff and shit the cuff. and like the yeah the extra buttons and colors and stuff <laughs> you know yeah dude yeah. <laughs> it's just like they're just like constantly sweating through it you're like why are you sweating so much yeah there's no because there's no there's so much friction in the art in the pit because the yeah. shirt is so tight that it's like just well, that's what yeah. Moves. That's what also happens too is when you're just so full of shit all the time. You live your life life in a constant state of anxiety, so you're just like pitting a little bit <laughs> all the time. <laughs> My favorite, yeah. She just goes, "I'll fuck you up," <laughs> to LeBron James. What she's like, really saying, what she's really saying is, "Will you please fuck me up?" that's what she's really saying yeah yeah she's trying to angrily bring this back and make it like a three-way or something like that yeah and the yacht the yahoo articles and other the other article i saw is like it's like quote courtside karen is already her no way which is just it's fucking awesome what happened to you know (laughs) a woman just being able to yell at someone without being called a karen not every not everything's a karen yeah, you know. Yeah, it's just become such a that's that's a, it's uh, such that's, a term dude. Now. You can't just overuse a word. You can just over apply a word, then it gets ruined. Well, there's they're using other names. I've heard that uh, Christine is another name that's used instead of Karen. Just a basic. That's name pretty fair. Like an, yeah, yeah. A Christine yeah. is pretty. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta be careful. <laughs> we'll start offending. Yeah. Yeah, let's move. Let's uh, yeah, let's move on one, to the man? next. Uh, let's move on to the next topic here. Uh, so, I want. I was like scrolling online, and I was high the other night just on my phone, and I started watching this video, about about dolphins. And I didn't know this, dude, but they like beat the shit out of sharks, like they gang up on sharks and beat the fuck out of them. Wait, so they like they get like little like little gloves for their little fins and they they like pull up mm-hmm. and 
No, got, this is bare fin, dude. This is bare, bare fin. fin? Bo- yeah. This is what? fucking bare fin. Bare fin you. boxing? This is bare fin three on one. Like, I mean, I won't lie to you. Shark is this, just, doesn't, this doesn't surprise me at all. I think dolphins are probably mul- like uh, a 10x as far as intelligence goes. They're just, mm-hmm. they're just, t- they're just probably. And sharks are like, oh, I'm just gonna run at you and eat you. And dolphins are like, yeah, yeah. like that's not. That's why they travel. I guess, I guess they. How do they like, do it, dude? Can you give together. me some of their tech? Uh, so yeah, I'll give you some of their tech, dude. So, like, imagine just a lonely shark, right? Just swimming through, and they the are lonely, just chilling. He's just imagine like a great white or some shit, just swimming, dude. Just like yeah, doing shark things. Down for it. But yeah, like it's sick looking, and then like four or five dolphins are chilling, but there's a, one of their friends is off by himself, right? Bait dolphin. So like the yeah. And he's out, like, just kind of looking lost and, like, yeah, just, yeah, just, like, where am I, dude? Like, <laughs> where the fuck am I, dude? And, like, swimming around. And then the shark is, like, oh, shit, single dolphin. Oh, yeah, lunchtime. Like, there's, my, there's my fucking, there's my meal for, like, the next three days. Like, I'm going to eat this and then I'm just going to be fucking full, just, like, barely able to even move. I'm just going to be digesting. So he's, he rolls up to try to eat it, right? And he goes in for the attack. All of a sudden, there's four or five of, his, of the dolphin homies, and they like ram into him and like use their like tail and like their like they basically just ambush will, him. Will like come at yeah? They, imagine body just slam him. Imagine just getting body slammed by five people on the street. Dude, they like they swim like, fast too. They swim mm-hmm. fast. Yeah, and they're coming fast. And they're like yeah, little muscles, like, you know. They're like little. Mm-hmm. So they just, yeah, I just, I was kind of blown away by this. Like they will, they'll fight them off. They'll how much? Like how much really... does a full size dolphin weigh? Oh, I don't know. I'm looking it up right now. I'm looking it up. Dolphins can weigh from 90 pounds. No, this can't be correct. No, 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 no. No, the average weight is 331 to 442 pounds. Okay, but it also says a bottlenose dolphin can weigh between 300 to 1,400 pounds. Yeah, I'm seeing it. It could be 1,400 pounds. I see something here that says dolphins can weigh from 90 pounds to more than 11 tons, Michael. Dude. 9.9, 9,979 kilograms. That's fucking like twenty thousand pounds. I'm immediately I'm typing in biggest dolphin in the world because I just okay. See this this changes things a bit. I think oh see because those now we're getting into different territory because it's technically what I'm reading is the orca is considered the biggest one, but that is part of the um it's part of the dolphin species or something. I guess oh so this is interesting. We're getting into other things because I was just gonna say it sounds like what like like killer whales do and they hunt and those things are savages dude dude they're they fuck up sick. sharks too i yeah. i saw this thing that they dude, really like to sa- eat the I like, liver i remember when um of, planet earth came out and it was that for like the first the first planet earth came out and they have the whole mm-hmm. there's a whole section in the oceans piece about killer whales dude and like storm and i and the homies we were just like super blazed watching it 
and we watched this part of the episode where it talks about like some of their hunting techniques and how they separate seals off from the pack and then they just like toy with them and teach their young with it and they'll just like take turns basically drowning the seal <laughs> over and over again before they Whoa. eat it for hours at a time <laughs> and we were all like we were i would dude i was like basically crying i was like this is a lot to take in <laughs> i was Whoa. like holy shit because you Whoa, think dude. we grew up with fucking free willy absolutely yeah. not dude it's way more like yeah, Tillamook, jumping dude. over that yeah. d- jumping over that little dude and he's like for sure and then what was the his arms up what was that really great documentary that just came out about was it blackwater i think um i don't i don't know the title uh i i was reading something about orcas like when they they like to kill great whites and then eat the liver of great whites because it's like a great energy source like for food and that's crazy like to just blackfish like think like yes sorry go ahead blackfish no i was just saying that's kind of crazy to think <clears throat> that they are like hunting specific do they and, and they know specific things for for like specific food from them no and, and they know they have specific methods and what they'll do is they'll get they'll they'll they the seals are terrified of them right and so mm-hmm. the seals will be on like sheets of ice together and they'll the whales will find where there's thin enough patches that the seals can see through it and feel and the the whales will swim underneath it and drag their fins across it so that the seals can see them and feel it and it scares the fuck out of them and so they either like group up or they'll start freaking out and jumping off the sides of the ice shelves where they're just the homies are just chilling right there and they just like catch them as they like and then they'll do stuff where they swim together in unison bro if there's like say it's a big piece of ice but it's it's like breakable the, yeah. they'll get like eight of them and they'll swim perfectly together and then they'll flap their tails against the ice to cause a wave underneath it and separate the shelf of the ice off with the seals on it and then mm-hmm. they just continually do that until the until, they're until like, it starts pushing them off but they mm-hmm. let the seal get back up and they'll do this repeatedly until the seal exhausts so the seal gets tired dude bro savages fuck and then yeah we decide to fucking take these creatures and we put them in captivity and then shit like tillamook happens and he eats mm-hmm. trainers because we keep them in yeah. what is essentially a kiddie pool jeez <clears throat> this is yeah so this is, <laughs> that's some crazy shit let's uh <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next. Uh, let's move on to the next one here. Um, we've really been just going through it today, uh, dude. The homie Jeff, big boy, big boy Jeff, is stepping down, dude. It's like stepping, stepping sideways. Down. It's really like stepping pretty sideways. much. Yeah, yeah. He's basically just going. I don't want to pay attention to stuff really that much. He's still executive chairman of the board, right? And then, yep. It's his boy, Andy Jassy, is back, stepping in which now. started the cloud computing services, 
which makes mm-hmm. like I think as much money as the retail business does now. Maybe not as much, but close. But that Jassy guy's been with him since '97, which is legit. Wow. Think about that. That's fucking. That's deep, deep. He started as like a marketing guy with them, which I think is interesting. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, that's a crazy. Uh, like and now evolution. he's replaced Jeff. Yeah, and the reason we, the reason I'm saying it like that, say Jeff is, uh, when <laughs> Mikey and I lived together in college and down in California for a little bit, we uh, both and Serena as well would get Amazon packages, uh, and we would always say. Like, oh, yo, Jeff, like, dropped some stuff off. The homie uh, Jeff. Like, the homie Jeff came came through, and it just became a thing. Like, like Amazon was just Jeff for, like, a long time. Seriously. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, don't see, uh, I don't see too much um, changing there. You know? I think he's going to – I think it's going to be a – No. I think that guy – Yeah, he basically – So I mean, do we say it's from – What's his name? It's Andy. Andy right? now. I think it's from Andy now. I think Andy's there. Andy and Jeff. Andy kind of sounds like, like a gay couple. That like gives us stuff like baked Jeff goods. Jeff and Andy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man. Um, I wanted to bring this up, this next one up because, uh, we, I don't think we've talked about these this group on the podcast, but. We've talked about uh, things in this realm and or kind of political stuff, I guess. And this could be considered political, uh, but Canada becomes the first nation to declare the Proud Boys a terrorist organization, Whoa. which is pretty intense uh, to read as a headline in the news. Um, it just basically, uh, Canada will not tolerate ideological, religious, or politically motivated acts of violence is a quote that I'm reading here. Well, I'm going to go ahead from, and take a... From the Public Safety Minister, Bill Blair. I love... Uh, two things. First off, I love that... It always sounds better. We should call our politicians ministers. It's a yeah, way, minister is cooler. It's a way cooler title. Minister's way cooler, yeah. Second, I agree. Secondly, I'm going to go ahead and... I'm going to go out on a limb here and um, say that anybody who is in a... But that's a proud boy even remotely close to it is uh, probably never even been to Canada um, and probably has some pretty strong views about what Canada does and doesn't do so yeah yeah I just thought that was <clears throat> it's actually pretty cool pretty intense and I, was, I was scrolling through the news thought do you think we ever like, do well, do you think we do that I think it's close here actually I feel like I saw something like that I think that. so I've heard some stuff about uh, like domestic terrorism being acknowledged and reading I don't know uh, enough about it yeah to I just don't under, it, I've just, seen some stuff in the news it would just be cool if you know people just found more happy and positive things to spend their time on yeah I just there's like so much there's like so much other stuff that's trying to kill you and ruin your life mm-hmm. that's not just like creating hate it's insane it's amazing yeah. how it's amazing how uh, just it just seems like so mind-boggling to me <laughs> yeah I don't I don't understand yeah I don't understand how being uh, 
Proud Boy benefits you. <laughs> I'm not aware of how <laughs> there's sure. a benefit for it. Um, so I guess it's like another one of those like tribe things, you know, like everybody wants to feel like they're a part of a team maybe you feel heard and seen maybe that's why maybe you're disenfranchised they feel seen and they feel heard or something I don't know it's crazy Uh, yo so uh, actor uh, this is a pretty popular thing but you told me that you didn't really know about this so I wanted to basically get your reaction to it okay so actor uh, Army Hammer who Armin Hammer's a clean was in the movie you're right. You are correct, sir. It's baking soda. Uh, there's a. He's an actor. He's in the movie Lone Ranger <laughs> with Johnny Depp. Um, I don't know if you saw what? that. Lone Ranger doesn't have Johnny Depp in it. The Clint new Eastwood. movie, doesn't it? The new one. Oh, it's a new one. Just kidding. There's Wait, a the new, Lone Ranger. You seen the, the new old, one? Who's the original Lone Ranger? I think it's um, what's his name? Um, I don't remember. John Wayne. Yeah. But there's a new Lone Ranger movie, and this is the guy that plays alongside. I think it's Johnny Depp, isn't it? Am I? I don't that know, up? dude. I'm thinking of the old one. Yeah, he's in the Lone Ranger, dude. You're fucking with me. Like it's it's Johnny Depp and Army Hammer. Who's Army um, Hammer, but, dude? That's such a weird name. I'm trying to, dude. Yeah, Jesus I know. Jesus Christ. Okay, tell me. You think his name is weird, dude? Uh, okay. okay. Me, well, let me keep telling you about this. Okay. So, uh, he was kind of outed on social media for a like kink that he has. Uh, he has like cannibal fantasies, like sexual cannibal. Like murder kind of stuff. Oh, and there was a lot of messages about going back and forth, which kind of sucks that there was somebody that was doing this, like that was like basically consenting to like engage in this with him, right? And then they don't post that part of the conversation. Really, they only really post like the responses. So he was. They don't show who they are. Sexting someone about like erotic cannibalism, essentially. Yeah, like cutting them open and like, yeah, like tasting their what body. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that this was like a sexual kink, really. Whoa, um, whoa! But a lot of a lot of he's losing a lot of uh, support and he's being dropped by he was dropped by WME and I think there's like a couple of movies he was gonna. Be in and act in uh, that he's not going to be in now, um, and he's kind of upset about it because he's just being shamed. And I mean, if you think about, like, it's pretty intense, like the stuff, like the 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 fantasy, and I, like, I don't, you know, I've never like really seen, you know, like stuff like this before, but. I don't really know what to think about it because it's just like, I don't know if he was actually doing anything. I also, there was, a, I read a story that he like carved his initials into somebody. Um, I don't know if that's real or not. Uh, it's kind of crazy, kind of intense. It's like really public. It's been like a big story. 
<laughs> Are you looking it up? Is that what you're doing? Bro, I, I just looked up some of the fucking screenshots that were posted online. That was a mistake, dude. Uh-huh. Yo, dude. Yeah, I didn't really want to read them and, like, go in that far into Yo. it. <laughs> um, it's a little intense. I don't know what to think about it. It's really, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess that, like, brings up a really interesting question. Like, when does, because it, that was, it's like necrophilia is not acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. Um and I wonder, like, how much of that actually he goes through with versus how much of it's just, like, sexual fantasy. Totally. Yeah. Obviously, it's, like, I don't so, think anyone's going to be down with you to, like, hurt them while you're... Yeah, while they're... I mean, I, I know... I definitely know that there's women out there who are, like, into rape fantasy. But I don't know about, like, mm-hmm. cannibalism fantasy and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, maybe he... Maybe his DMs are just flooded right now. Oh, I'm, I mean, that's like, how Ted Bundy was. Ted Bundy would get, like, he had lines of women. He was slamming in conjugal visits when he was jailed until he was wow. put to death. Like, he had, he was, like, there was, it was crazy. Crazy. Well, for sure. It's like a whole thing. I forget the term for it. There's a technical term for that. But. Damn. Well, uh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. One thing I want to wrap one thing up. The Lone Ranger is just a character. It was played by multiple people. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Got yeah. it. All right, dude. I'm fucking done talking about you. You got. You, it's your turn because I. I've just been. Just jeez. Yeah. <laughs> this one's been serious, dude. Uh, the others were a little serious at the end there. It's okay, I didn't mean though. To get too serious, but well, we're gonna. It, we're, it's not gonna change up that much. I actually wanted to um, talk a little bit about uh, a small country called Myanmar. I'm not sure if you've mm-hmm. heard anything about what's happening there, but there's currently a military coup. Um, and the reason why I thought it was interesting is because it's a military coup that happened in what is a similar framework for how in literally a similar timeline for what happened at the Capitol riot and what QAnon where I put air quotes up um, yeah, wanted to have happen as far as like a civil war and the military retaking power after a mm-hmm. liberal government winning the presidential office and so this literally this happened so I've got some notes here pulled up on Myanmar just to give a little history on it. So um, it's also known as Burma. It's in Southeast Asia. It's next to Bangladesh, China, and India. Population of 54 million. Um, the m- most spoken language is Burmese. Um, okay. Basically, in the last, you know, I don't know. It's had a very tumultuous last 50 or 60 years. What is interesting about it was it was um, owned by England. Well, colonized by England, excuse me, until the 50s or 60s. Um, And then literally once that change of power happened, it wasn't the people that took over that change of power. It was the military who oversaw it. Um, And basically what happened is, is the military owned that and oversaw that exchange until like the 80s and 90s 
um, mm-hmm. in in which this woman, whose name is Sue, I'm gonna mess this up. It's S U U K Y I, um, and essentially she represents what is the Democratic Party of Myanmar that wants to set up and has tried to set up um, what is like a standard voting system and democratic election like we have here. And in fact, she's been jailed numerous times over there. Um, And at one point she was on house arrest um, for just like, just like bullshit charges. Um, And she was actually awarded a Nobel peace prize. This was in 91 um, when they actually had. Oh, wow. Yes. So um, essentially what happened was, is she and her, party the league for democracy won in a 75 percent landslide victory and literally the moment that this was announced um the military who backed the opposition who was demanding a rerun and a recount of the vote claiming widespread fraud um decided to basically gain control and take over most of all of the major governing points and control points all of the ports um interesting and then since then they've basically been on a spree and firing and changing multiple people who hold countless different office positions without the entire government whoa and the power is now held by the longtime uh general of the army who was the original guy to take power over and when the first time that they did this military coup which was about 10 or 15 years ago so so they did 10 or 15 years ago and then <clears throat> things started kind of coming back towards the other way and then they did it again yes yes whoa so Suki became world famous in the 90s for campaigning to re- campaigning to restore democracy she spent nearly 15 years in detention between 1989 and 2010, after organizing rallies calling for democratic reform, she was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize under house arrest in 91. In 2015, she led the uh, Democratic Party to victory in Myanmar's first openly contested election in 25 years. And like, it's just crazy. They, they, the military. There's a a, a, a ethnic minority group. Um, I'm going to butcher the, the name. The, the, the government. Hold on. There's an ethnic minority group called the Rohingya. Um, and in 2017, the military essentially rounded up and either kicked out or imprisoned over 700,000 of them. And the same amount are thought to have fled to nearby countries like Bangladesh. Whoa. At the, now, because it's getting so much international attention, the military who controls the internet has banned Facebook and Twitter in the country as well, essentially cutting off outside communication. Yeah. So, and like sub reporting. And then they've also arrested Aung San Suu Kyi, this woman who's essentially led this, the democratic side of this country that's been struggling to free itself from military dictatorship ever since it won independence from England. Yeah, like I'm wondering how 
when is she getting a lot of support from the people like is there there like, i mean they, they it's not a lot they can do they're basically yeah. in fear over there the military is there's it's, you know and they they'll they'll just they'll just do whatever they want you know the military just runs the country so they just come through and you know like in some of the articles i found in the last like 15 or 20 years and before that as well they would just do crackdowns and ran rant round up ethnic minorities and just send them to work camps and slave labor camps or like just Jeez. move you know they they and it's not like these people have ever had a lot of support in the first place so they almost are always living in like subpar housing ghettos with low infrastructure support in the first place they don't get the same access mm-hmm. to schooling or food you know um electricity yeah. like basic basic things like that and so so it's yeah, really dude, it's i uh <clears throat> it's pretty crazy i saw something i saw something about this but it's what i saw was a looked like a long form tiktok video <laughs> it was like uh it was a girl dancing like on the street doing like a aerobic thing okay and then a bunch of like military vehicles. This is in Myanmar. A bunch of like cars and military vehicles just start pulling up behind her, like filtering in and like going in. And you're just like, what the hell is going on? What's like all you can start to focus on is what's going on behind her. She doesn't <laughs> even know. She just dances through it. It's it's amazing. That's you gotta so awesome. watch this. Dude. That's so awesome. You gotta send it to like, me. That's hilarious. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think here. Uh, it's uh, it's great. Uh, I think it's called the yeah the Myanmar dance coup. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, what do you think's what do you think's gonna happen? Like it's just gonna, it's just there's gonna be no outside intervention. Just gonna it's just gonna continue. Like the, the it's just gonna be a it's interesting there's there's not a lot of basically i mean it's there's been situations like this have happened in the past um this is where like the u.s has become known as like world police because we're the only ones that have really the infrastructure and capability to just like go somewhere else and and intervene. And intervene, but then it's like a, that's a ridiculous question to think about. We're not obviously going to go mm-hmm. to Myanmar, but the same situation. It's like what you're absolutely right. What does happen? Basically, the best thing that can happen is all of the major like international and and regional economic rulemaking bodies will implement sanctions. And so, like, the mm-hmm. U.S. will do it. The EU will do it. Uh, there's a ton of trade that happens between these countries, right? And so it's, you know, it yeah. makes it so it's... Myanmar has to make a decision of do they want to continue to do what they're doing or do they want to cut their country's GDP in half and not be able to pay for infrastructure and feed people and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, totally, you know, it's like... It's kind of crazy and it's just it's just always so insane to me when I 
spend time reading learning about situations like this or like what's happening in Russia still with Alexei now just going to prison for three and a half years and just there's nothing that yeah. anyone's doing about it but talking about it like this just happens people don't under, I just think people in the states just don't understand how common this like and how much of a struggle this is for uh, so many other people on the planet and how real this is mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just you know, just turn your internet off you just can't have Facebook and Twitter you could you imagine could you imagine <laughs> what happened in the US if the government just turned dude. off Twitter you know oh, people, dude, people would, would freak out insane. you know so yeah, and people are mad about having insane. to wear a mask and it's just it just seems so <laughs> yeah <laughs> tunnel vision well, I'm uh, I'm excited to move into our uh, our second part of yes. our yeah. extract mini series into solventless extracts. Mm-hmm. Really exciting stuff. Yeah, man. This is something like solventless, and at least in my opinion, over the past uh, I would say year, year and a half, maybe even two years, has just grown and there's been like like more like diversification of like types of it and it's just like expanded and kind of become it's like from what I you know knew about it a few years ago until now it's crazy the the like evolution of of it and you know how yeah it's 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 become like a like uh, some of the quality is like I would rather sometimes get solventless compared to like a nice live resin. Almost always, yeah. I think, I think in general, solventless has the ability to be a better product. It's not always that way, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's one of the oldest hash and hash making. There's basically the way it's been enjoyed longer before the flower is ever smoked because I think what a lot of people don't understand is it took a long time for the flower as a plant and the cultivation techniques to reach a point that were refined enough to where Mm -hmm. you'd actually have smokable bud that wasn't just like filled with seeds or like really stringy and stuff so traditionally forever Africa and parts of the Middle East and Asia, it would grow. It grows a lot like more, a lot more like hemp, or it's a lot more stringy, and grows a lot mm-hmm. taller. Um, and it would be done in like large field crop, right? And then they would just—it's incredible. They create these like massive bags with different types of like burlap sack on it that are essentially a micron filter, and they they wrap cured really old dried cannabis like bushels and they just they smack it with sticks and so all of the keef starts coming out through the bag and they collect that right and it's like this and then they would roll this they would roll it in their hands you know until it would just finally start catching warmth and moisture and then it would stick together and that's where like the traditional classic like brown brick and that's how people have been smoking hash all over the world forever that's how most people started smoking weed the the the, the remnants of cannabis that they find on like altars 
from thousands of years ago is fucking hash, dude. Solventless hash. And it's That's amazing crazy. because crazy. the, <laughs> you know, in that overlay what we just talked about, like that outlies one of the most basic extraction methods right because that's interesting like we talked about last time was really all about chemical extraction hydrocarbon and it's mm-hmm. like you need fucking machinery you need crazy concentrated noble gases like butane and propane and um you need jacketed chillers you need all, all this equipment whereas with hash even to make the some of the best stuff on the planet all you really need is ice water and agitation and a way to spin it um and that's like that concept and methodology is carried through for a long time but we'll get we'll get into that a little um we'll start getting into that right now um so i think it would be best to start like i'm gonna like, like we did last time we're gonna start with the easiest and most basic forms um and then we're gonna work our way up to the most refined highest quality most expensive forms of hash so i think the best would start with would be keef some of our favorite stuff yeah you and i have harvested a ton of that yeah (laughs) and there's like quite a few ways to i mean not quite a few ways there's a couple ways to do it um you know like you capture a lot of it in processing um, if you're you know doing that if you're trying to, if you're processing with something that does catch it, like a, like a trim tray that has like that, that nice micron screen that Mikey was just talking about on the bottom, you capture a lot of it like that. Or you can, um, like you can basically sift material over that screen. Like that's frozen. Um, yeah, there's a, and then Keef can be used to like basically process even further into some of this other stuff we're going to talk about. But, Uh, like I think that you know one of the ways besides washing it that you were talking about is basically putting it in a micron bag with some dry ice uh, some plant material and just kind of having those that micron bag and shaking it you're going to get a lot of and having like a nice uh, something to catch it with you're going to get a lot of that trichome head and stock that's falling off of the well and why do you want the what, what do the micron filters do uh, so the micron filters is, you know, uh, cannabis has, uh, like the hairs and, um, other, you know, like plant material. You don't want that to fall through. You basically are just trying to, what the, you basically think about it. Uh, we talked about on last episode with solvent, how solvent is stripping the trichome from the plant, like, like butane or something. That's kind of what the cold or the wa- ice water or, you know, like when you're shaking it and agitating it, you're trying to strip just like with butane, essentially trying to strip that trichome head and stock off the plant and separate it. Cause that's what we want to get. That's like the, when they were doing that hash, you're talking about rolling with their hands. Mm-hmm. That's what they had basically. And they're just rolling it together, which if you leave Keef out and you don't freeze it, uh, once you process, it will start to form together with the, like the warmth and the, uh, in the jar, it'll start over time. They'll keep, and it'll get hard, mm-hmm. and it'll basically turn into uh, like hash mm-hmm. over time. Yep. Uh, you can press it together with your fingers. Exactly. Um, and yeah. yeah, really, really nice, fine, dry sift. It's it's, and that's like what you call, um, commercialized 
and purified keef is sift, dry sift, because you can, you actually dry it out by using either a freeze dryer, either post process, or you can do like dry ice, like Michael was talking about in process. And then you use these micron filters, different sizes, just like we'll talk about in hash production as well, where you're actually filtering to get the smallest, nicest looking trichome heads, right? And you can do that by using mm-hmm. scaled bags from like one 140U all the way down to like 60U. And you can't go lower than that, but that just starts getting a little bit crazy. And, and what you can do too is, you know, within that, within capturing that key, if it's so critical, like you talked about, to get it into that cooled because what happens with Keef um, is it needs to be cured first so you can get cured Keef resin glands that won't combine together like that but they have to be aged and it's like we talked about in a few episodes ago where we talked about curing that process that takes a lot of time for that to happen mm-hmm. um, otherwise it's going to oxidize and it's going to start turning into the fats and lipids are going to become exposed and those actually start to physically bind together, um, and and that and that process can take place at like room temperature essentially. So, keef is great though. I think like a lot of people are used to it. You know, when your weed has been cured well and you have a good a nice grinder, there's that keef catch at the bottom. So every like people are really used to that. And the reason why that doesn't clump up over time is because generally you're grinding flour that's been aged long enough that that Mm -hmm. that keef has had time to actually harden um but even then if that's exposed to too much moisture like if you live in a humid environment um or if it gets brought up too warm like if you leave it out and you in the sun or something like that that heat or that excess moisture will start to make it stick and clump together you know so it's always good to keep that that keef in the fridge or even in the freezer if you want to um after Keef, we start moving into into hash. Um, hash is complicated, so we talked about like the traditional extraction method right at the beginning there, which is uh, ages old, right? Um, nowadays, what most people are doing is is ice water and agitation, and even that can f- f- span, right? It goes as simple as like having exposed flour in a bucket of ice water, and you're just like mixing it with a paddle. Um, they're also starting to make machinery that essentially acts as like a giant washing machine, which people also take washing machines and they convert them over to be able to yeah. make big buckets <laughs> to be big ash washers. But don't use your washing machine at home because you really want this to be a stainless material because hash is extremely sticky and it'll ruin your washing machine at home. <laughs> and they actually have smaller, like if you were ever to do this personally, I think they do have like small for sure batch. just like a it's like a twist it's just like mm-hmm. a basically just spins it in a, yeah and then you you what yeah. you do is you put you want to put your flour into bags into micron bags because the agitation process and just the exposure of the flour into the wet water whether you like it or not it's like you know it's like putting salad in a blender you're going to get weed particulate everywhere and you don't want that all mm-hmm. you want is the keef extracted from the flour but the the super chilled water and the agitation acts as this as this 
solvent this this non-solvent essentially which is it has to do with polarization actually um and it is is enough to physically separate those trichome heads and that terpene and the thing that it's able to keep and retain that terpene from the flower because that water is super chilled so it it, it holds the terpene from exchanging over into a gaseous state too quickly um, and so it's able to keep it and it kind of binds with the keef as it's stored in that really in that total matrix and that compound as it's separated and pulled away from that water and then what you do is you can drive you need to drive out the excess water and you can do that by either in like a traditional vacuum or like a desiccation or by freeze drying as well um, so then where you really start getting into the the ranking and qualities of hash is it really has to do with two frames of thinking the first off is really the most modern which is around your fresh frozen hash production so this starts getting really heady around when you're harvesting the hash because you're really choosing you're choosing it for its for for numerous things but really coloration trichome density for mm -hmm. make sure you're hitting your yield which is really hard to guess for um, and then also terpene and overall flavor compound but the other thing is is that terpene is also one of your own worst enemies when you're dealing with cannabis compounds too because it's a volatile substance and so it can it can speed up the breakdown process of your hash um, so what people do is is you know is when you're harvesting for hash there's there there, there really is it takes a special understanding for when you want to pull that product and then that's how you start getting these star rankings in hash is not only the freshness of the flower that was pulled and the age which results in the clarity and the color of the hash right but then also mm -hmm. um in the filtering process that we were talking about and and you really get the the, the six star that top tier hash bubble hash is from the finest micron filter of what was some of the best flower that was being cultivated and it was pulled specifically for that coloration and that timing to make sure that it would have that right balance so that it's not coming out overly greasy in the wash with too much terpene um, so that it's able to be cured and dried out properly and still retain that flavor um, and that's how you get that really incredible clean looking sandy six star hash consistency um which is really difficult to when come it's by. like that it's kind of like bright and yep. there's not a lot of um yep um which is directly uh, compared to that older style of like brown hash which can still be incredibly flavorful and really where the coloration difference comes from is in the pre-material and what a lot of guys mm -hmm. do, um, and some of the best makers, hash makers in the game, like Frenchie Cannoli, who are are have 30 or 40 years of practicing this traditional method, is they're curing their resin. I remember we did a podcast specifically about cured resin extracts, where yeah. it's this it's this methodology that cured resin live resin extracts is being stemmed from, is you physically age this plant material properly in the right setting for a long time so that you still retain a lot of the terpene but you also let these trichomes age and mature 
which give it a whole different flavor and also a whole different high as you let a lot more of that cannabinoid transfer over and exchange into that delta nine yeah so with the with the old the older styles of hash um you know that's that's how they get that more brown color as you're dealing with that aged trichome that can take months to do and when it's done properly you still have a great flavor great flavorful extract but that's where it gets that darker color um after that we start moving into what has become most popular which are our rosins um and rosin is really interesting because you actually start taking that hash that you extracted in that ice method and then you take heat and pressure to it and physically extract it farther we we experimented in college making uh rosin i think uh, with a hair straightener if i'm not mistaken oh my gosh to use a we had a <laughs> an oven mitt and a hair straightener and some wax paper. <laughs> I think there's many people who've tried that uh, before. Yeah, um, no, but what I what I find really interesting about uh, rosin uh, is that you're taking this hash that we've already kind of talked about, uh, and that is already one process. It's already kind of one, uh, you know detailed process that you're taking a lot of time and you know uh, attention to create like just the hash alone and so to take it one step even further and to take this hash and to process it again uh, is is really cool because the the material the rosin some of the rosin that was coming out nowadays it's just like crazy looking it's like some of the purest like oil that I've smelled and smoked um and uh, And it's just such a great clean high as well i think a lot of people there's a lot of people who are in the industry who are like swear by it you know it's almost like a vegan diet sort of thing like i only smoke solventless very frankly i think because of third-party testing and the quality that it's out of that's a little ridiculous what i will say where i think there is some weight to that statement is that you can actually get a much more full spectrum extract and i think i think uh, a qual a high quality hash extraction res- much resembles much more closely to what the flower high experience feels like which feel mm-hmm. which is i think a little bit more full body and more sedative um and more mentally sedative whereas I definitely have had experiences with live resins where I have like strong sativa live resins where it, it just gives me an anxiety attack if I just do too big of a dab. And it's not really like mm-hmm. an anxiety attack. It's just like it feels like very cerebral. Um, it's kind of like paranoia yeah, a little bit. exactly. I feel like my heart rate is up, you know. I've had that same, yeah, so, when, you, when you take too much <laughs> Delta 9 to your head. Yeah. You're just kind of like... Um. <laughs> so I think it's uh, I think it's interesting to... I think it's interesting to kind of talk about the differences between those things. I definitely like both, but uh, rosin is, is one of my favorites. Um, you know, and it's because of that limited... And it's because of that unknown potential for how much it's going to yield in the hash 
and then having to extract that further it's why you get these insane price tiers and then that is also coupled with the fact that generally you're harvesting flour like really good hash it's it's interesting if you were to create a scale for understanding input material and then how it implicates quality in the finished extract the Mm -hmm. the level of percentage for like sway uh with with solvent extracts is much higher than with solventless and so what i mean by that is the the proof is is in the pudding in the sense that the quality of the flour has to be so much better to get quality hash than the it does when you're dealing with solvent extracts like you can take pretty low quality fresh frozen and turn it into a really high quality solvent extract and that's not the same for solventless um, really good hash was made with really really good flour and that's the only way like that it basically happens. shows all the way through exactly yes um you know when it first became popular flour rosin was around a lot but i don't think you really see that anymore a lot of it just has to do with the fact that you need a lot of flour the yields are terrible and flour rosin doesn't really hold well and so you've seen a lot more movement into hash rosins and live rosins also if i remember correctly it doesn't uh when you dab it it kind of um is gnarly in your nail yes Yes. Like it doesn't. Uh, it does. It's hard to clean after. Leaves a lot of residue. Yes. Um, and that's because it still has. Just, yeah. It still has a lot of that. Plant material left in it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the heat and the pressure does in the rosin extraction method. Is it physically separates it one more one more step further, and then you even you put that hash inside of a micron bag, which filters out those even some of those large those leftover what still seem like tiny but even large fats and lipids that are still left over in that hash pull um you have hash rosin which is like cured raw cured hash that is then extracted but most all of the rosin in the in the in the higher price tiers these days is live rosin which was um fresh frozen hash and then when that's still fresh essentially and then you press it um, and that's how you're getting those products that are as high as 150 200 dollars a gram right is it's just yeah. is which is just insane it's absolutely insane but when you think about the fact that from from a pound of flour you might you if you're really lucky you might yield three percent for that hash and then the rosin extract from that if you're if you really know what you're doing might be 60 or 70 percent right you're talking about fractions of fractions from what was flour that was good enough to be sold as an eighth yeah like the flour. yeah that's the it's it's taking something that you could already yeah make a good amount of money on and just it's like a, it's like uh, I, I I think of it like getting a a, like a really nice like espresso, uh, like really nice pull on some really, really nice beans or like um, anything that's like that. Anything that's like a process from something that's already a really great pre-material is always just, it's so good. And 
like the fact that you can do that with cannabis is awesome and it's that's why i was talking like, when i was talking earlier i was just talking about like the past couple of years like the machinery like the presses themselves have uh there's been a lot of like upgrades to that technology and the way that um you're able to just adjust the pressure and the temperature ever so slightly on some of mm-hmm. these now mm-hmm. to really capture even further that you know like that pull off of like the hash to get like that rosin or that full melt it's just it's really cool because you know i think that to go from rubbing it between your hands mm-hmm. <laughs> right you know to using this stuff just to get like it, it's it's crazy it's, it's yeah really, and, and really for cool. people that they, these presses that we're told that they're pneumatic so they have got air compressors hooked up to what are our heat plates and these heat plates you know, we're, we're not talking crazy pressure. We're talking, you know, 100 to 200 to a few hundred pounds of pressure, right? And we're not talking super high temperature either. That's what's really interesting too is it's not that warm. Um, you know, stays in the below 150 or 160 degrees, right, to get that, that mm-hmm. process started and really pushing. What I think is really interesting, though, and what you've seen really happen over the last couple of years is people have really started to dive into the curing aspect. And this is something that I've learned a lot more about in the last year or two. And this is how you really start to get that differentiation between all the different consistencies that you've seen in hash where people are making hash diamonds. And what I thought, what I think is interesting is, you know, they talk about like warm curing and cold curing. Um, and, and warm curing is kind of the first method to be figured out. And it's, it's, it's physically storing them and doing jar tech, but keeping them at a, like 90 to 140 degrees. And that's how these guys are actually getting those solventless diamonds essentially, um, is by doing like we used to do in school, right? Where they would like bring up the hash on a hot plate until it starts to form off chunks of purified THCA that they can then age Mm -hmm. and take care of. And that's just like one of the ways to do it. Um, And then, you know, that's, then they are actually, you know, they're taking that, bringing it up to a certain temp and then they're agitating it, whipping it. And that's how they get that great, those great batter consistencies and stuff like that too, which is some of my favorite. Now, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now there's like so the latest trend is around cold curing, which I think is interesting because cold curing can be done at like anywhere below 80 degrees Fahrenheit, so it's not really cold, but it can be done as cold as like 40 degrees, so that is pretty cold, right? Um, and this mm-hmm. is where people are doing the same thing, so they're storing the jars, they're doing jar tech in these colder environments and then they're doing they're whipping them consistently and that's how they're getting these cold cured batters is by agitation at lower temperatures over time right um and the thing i like about the cold cure which um, i think most people do like is because of heat whenever you're using heat with cannabis ever it's you're going to have terpene loss and you're going to have cannabinoid loss. Uh, and so when you want to reach some of those more interesting consistencies like the jams and those diamonds, 
you also have to come you, have, you sacrifice some of your other more of that full spectrum taste and flavor so the cold cure allows you to really retain more of that cannabinoid consistency and balance as well as retain a lot of the terpene in that hash and so you're getting these cold cured batters which um is really starting to move into that like really that commanding that highest price point next to the pure press and cured like percy rosin where you get those sheets of purified mm. cl clear transparent rosin where it's just being freshly squeezed and it's not going through any agitation right but the problem with that is it you it has to stay frozen right even letting it come to yeah. air temp it starts to wax and denature because that's just the that's the process it wants to move to that's the next stage in that life cycle of that extract so um it's really really it's you know those those super expensive percy rosins are it has it has everything to do with the fact that you're starting with incredible flour that could be sold as a expensive eighth you have no idea what the yield is to get hash you have no idea what the yield is to get your rosin and then you have to cure it for long periods of time right yeah before with, you even know what your final result is going to be and that's if you're going to be making batters where if you're going to make that perfect rosin then you have to extract it and then cure it without bringing it up to temp or agitating it in any way so it keeps that transparent nature um so i think that's i think when you know people wonder why is this shit so fucking expensive <laughs> <laughs> you're getting such a uh like you're getting the cream of the cream of the crop. Exactly. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a special product. It took a lot of care and attention to get to you. And and I think what furthermore, and this is similar to like the really expensive diamonds and nice live resin extracts, right? Is is it, it takes people who it's really hard to quantify this stuff, right? It's mm -hmm. it's a plant that's growing that changes every time it gets grown. It can get ruined accidentally. Um, if the plant, once it gets frozen, if it even thaws a little bit, it's going to get ruined and it's going to ruin the color and the flavor and, and how it stays in these consistencies. Right. And so it's, it's product care at every level, right. And supply chain care at every level. And then it's also, it takes people who just know what they're looking at and, and, and it's going to be a long time before, um, that, that level is removed, you know? And so it's like, this is the yeah. same reason why there's really expensive bottles of wine and liquor is yes, you can, yeah, that's yes, you can set ages and dates and you can set quantifying markers and tack times to these things. But at some level, there's a decision that has to be made and it can be only made by eye and by perception and sense and human sense that has to be fucking trained over time. And it doesn't just exist on a computer or, or that you can Google and shit like that you know so anyway yeah that's why a lot of the extract is referred to by the you know like the lot you named a lot of people in this in this kind of breakdown mm -hmm. a lot of names and that's because it's your that's that human yep. that is making these decisions and is uh and is kind of guiding this uh product through the process until they get their 
you know the end result yeah which is amazing like and um <clears throat> and i really only think that that it's like not every look a guy that's making fucking distillate pens or shatter or the, you know regular live res we're not these guys are not artists right we're talking about we're talking about the one percent of the top one percent here um because that's the only way you can actually really command that tier is by understanding you have to have all of the basics set up but then and you have to have you have to have understanding and command expertise over those but then you also have to have that eye right you have to have the care um mm -hmm. to see it through that next step you know and it's that's i love it it's just another one of those things that humans get really into and they're all about and it takes being a maven and an expert of your craft you know to come up with that stuff and these people are different than people are doing it in flower and other stuff like that so but um totally hash baby hash yeah well i mean <laughs> i think that uh i think that concludes the the part two of our extract mini series and also i think that uh i think that concludes the episode man i think so i mean i think we've so we've been going here for a while now i uh yeah i really enjoy the um you know this this breakdowns we've been doing because it's you know we're both uh you know consumers and uh of concentrates and getting a nice uh getting a nice solventless and actually spending that money every now and again is worth it uh it's a nice um agreed you know, it's sure. noticeable yeah it's certainly very is. noticeable certainly is treat yourself people out there yeah dad go get yourself a really nice and do the same thing like we always talk about check the manufacturing date i literally the way i shop for extracts at the store is i just go in there and I tell them the consistency I want. And then I say, just bring me out your three freshest units. And then I buy one of them. Nice. So, you know, you pretty go. straightforward. Go get some, go get yourself some, some delicious hash rosin, some good flavors right now. Or, um, uh, that sugar cone we've tried recently. is really good. I've liked that mm -hmm. a lot. Um, I've really been loving, uh what am i trying to say um oh the gmo mints stuff that's going around right now um uh, yeah that's a good one yep um and then uh uh have you tried any of fatso any fatso yet yeah actually and like garlic uh, fatso is really good this uh i don't think i've had the concentrate though unfortunately but gotta try I've it had the but uh yeah man flower always a pleasure for real thank you for listening everybody have a great have a great night bye <laughs> <laughs>